Hi, you're listening to my mom, Kat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it? Hey, my name is Kat Lee, and I want to welcome you to the Inspired to Action podcast. I hope this show is the pep talk that you need as a mom, a reminder that what you do every day is life-changing, and it matters more deeply than you could ever imagine. Out of all the women in the world, God chose you to be the mother of your children because you are special and amazing and he has called you and he will equip you. So thank you for serving your family, for loving your children fearlessly and for fighting to be a great mom. This episode is for you. Let's jump right in. Hey friends, this is Kat Lee, and today we're chatting with Ruth Schwenk, and we're talking about her new book, Hoodwinked, The 10 Myths That Moms Believe and Why We Need to All Knock It Off. Um, you know, as I was reading her book, especially some of the first ones, uh, some of the first lies that moms tend to believe, I was like, oh my gosh, that's totally, totally me. So we're going to be talking about that today, and I think you're going to find yourself a lot in this interview and hopefully find some hope and see see the light in some of the lies that we've all believed as moms. But before we dive into our conversation today, I want to say a huge thank you to our show sponsor, Plan to Eat. Plan to Eat is an online menu planning site and it makes recipe management and menu planning and shopping list stuff a breeze. I have been using them for probably about four or five years and I love it. I can just sit in my car at the grocery store because I'm not organized enough to have done it you know, months before. I can sit in the car at the grocery store and just make my menu plan and it automatically makes my shopping list and everything. I can run into the grocery store, get the stuff, go home. It's almost painless. Uh, plan to Eat is offering a free 30-day trial. You can go to plantoeat.com forward slash inspired to action and give them a try. Now let's jump into our show today with Ruth Schwink. Hey, Ruth, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing good. I am so glad to have you on the show for the very first time. You're one of my favorite people, and I cannot believe we've not made this happen before. I know, I know. Um, so for everybody listening, they, you know, probably most of the moms listening have know you from thebettermom.com. But for those of you, for those who might be new to you, can you just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yes. Um, well, about four years ago, I started thebettermom.com. And the Better Mom is a website uh, for moms of all different um, ages and in all different stages. It's a community site where we have over 30 writers um, just writing about all different things um, in motherhood. So, yeah, so I started that website about four years ago. Um, I'm also a pastor's wife. We've been in, my husband has been in full time ministry for over 15 years, and uh, I have four children. So you don't really, you know, have a lot going on or anything. It's not like you're. No, nothing. Yeah. Nothing at all. <laughs> How old are your kids? Um, my oldest is 13. His name is Tyler. Uh, Bella is 11. Noah is nine, and Sophia is almost seven. So cute. I actually got to meet Tyler at a conference a while back, and he was just the sweetest, <laughs> sweetest thing. Um, okay, so you have not had the easiest journey to motherhood. Um, and so I'd love for you just to share, if you don't mind, a little mm -hmm. bit about that journey, you know, your road to becoming a mom. Um, yeah, just. Yeah. Well, you know, 
I feel like I need to just back all the way up to growing up. I don't know um, why. And I know every woman is different. But for me, I really couldn't wait to be a mom. And um, I remember being younger, just thinking that I just couldn't wait for the day to get married and to have children. And um, so I, my husband and I got married uh, when we were in college. And we were, we waited a few years to start having, um, to start having children. And through that, we also had several miscarriages kind of in between, um, each, uh, each of my children that were born, we had a miscarriage. And so I I always refer to those years when my children were really little. I seriously there, I cannot remember a lot of those years. I think you know, there's so much going on anyways, when you're having children and they're little and you're sleep deprived. And, um, and then of course you put on top of that, just emotionally, um, you know, miscarriages and, and just the uncertainty around that time. So, um, yeah, but I'm so, you know, I just look back now and am so thankful, um, that, that God blessed me with the four children I have, because I realized that, I feel like that's really just a miracle, um, you know, for having five miscarriages, yet God, you know, gave me these four children. So, so here we are. I feel like that um, phase of life is uh, past me. I can finally think straight, but, <laughs> but um, yeah, that's just a little bit about my journey. And it's almost like that's a a pre lie to, to, you know, mm-hmm. as we get married and think about starting a family I think everyone just assumes it's just going to be easy. You know, they don't yeah. think about mis- miscarriages or infertility and things like that. And and mm. it's, you know, almost one of those things that we believe in the very beginning, that it's just going to be simple, it's going to be easy. And then we're like, wait a second, it's not always well, yeah, and I Yeah, and I think maybe we're not prepared. Uh, like for me, I said I was thinking my whole life, I can't wait to have children. Um and I can handle, I feel like a lot, that's just my personality. Um, but it, it's really trying emotionally, um, and physically just the, in those younger years. And then when you're experiencing, um, other heartaches, you know, whether that's a miscarriage or some, you lose someone you love or so, you know, I think we all, we need to keep that in mind, even amongst our friends that are moms, uh, when they're going through those hard times. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that you didn't have this book written before you had kids and you walked through the early years perfectly understanding all the deep truths of motherhood. You struggled <laughs> with some of these things. Yeah, oh yeah. In the oh, beginning. absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, because yeah. I totally relate to a lot of them. What what are what are a couple that that really struck you? Well, I have to say that my uh this book was written by Karen Emond. Karen Eamon and me. Mm-hmm. And um, so I took some of the myths and she took some of the myths and wrote about them. And one of my favorite myths that I wrote about was that motherhood is luck of the draw. And the reason uh, that really hit home with me is because, I, you know, going back to those uh, years that I was just talking about, um, I remember when my kids were really little and I felt like I was just trying to survive. and 
even though I had always wanted to be a mom, I didn't really know a lot about motherhood. I didn't know how to be a mom. Um, and so I was just doing the best that I could trying to survive. And I can re I can picture myself in that, in my living room that we, in the house we lived in at that time. And just, you know, I think at that time I had three kids and, um, and I, I was just emotionally, physically exhausted. And I'm like doing, do the best that I can raise the best kids that I can. And I came across a book um, called The Mission of Motherhood uh, by Sally Clarkson, which I know, obviously, that you know about that book. Um, but for me, that was a turning point in my journey of motherhood when I realized, oh, my word, motherhood it isn't just luck of the draw. It isn't just, okay, I'm just going to try to give it my best shot and hope everything turns out okay. Um, I realized when I read that book that there was actually a purpose behind motherhood, that there was actually a mission uh, for me to raise children who uh, do my best and follow, you know, God and, and help raise children that would, would love the Lord and be a light to this world. I love that. I think that, I mean, once we realize that as moms, it changes everything. Right. It changes, you know, the perspectives on feeling overwhelmed it changes perspectives on the future because it mm -hmm. also opens up the fact that you know god has a plan for these kids too and it's not just up to me you know i'm not just carrying the weight of the world on my shoulders but he has a plan for each one of them too and he's called me to kind of come alongside him in this journey and um i know that as young moms sometimes we really feel the weight of oh my goodness i need to teach them to walk and to read and to you know <laughs> get take AP classes and get a college scholarship and it can just feel so overwhelming but it it's um almost relieving to know that God has a plan and a purpose for each one of them and it's just mm -hmm. our job to come alongside him um and help them come alongside him as well in their journey. Yeah. Yeah. Um so the myth that stuck out to me the most was myth number one. Not mm -hmm. to be cliche, but myth <laughs> number one is that mothering is natural, easy, and instinctive. And I you know, was saying, telling Ruth this earlier, but I totally thought that, I mean, okay, maybe not really, but in the back of my head, that when I, you know, in the, in the uh, maternity ward in the hospital, that as soon as I was given my child, that this shaft of light would shine down on me and all the motherly wisdom from the ages would be downloaded <laughs> to me and I would suddenly know exactly what to do and exactly how to respond and it would just be perfect. And instead, they hand me my child and I'm like, wait, you're coming home with me too, right? Like the nurses are coming home with me because I have no idea what to do with this thing. <laughs> because I did not grow up thinking that I wanted to be a mom. I, I just didn't think in that mm -hmm. vein at all. And so it totally took me by surprise. And the fact that it didn't come natural, easy, or instinctive um, kind of made me feel like maybe I was doing something mm. something wrong. What was kind of the background for you with this particular myth, and how have you seen it in other women's lives? Well, I think that... Um... I think we probably most moms would say that they thought, okay, this is, you know, I can do this. This is no problem. Um, and there's going to be, I feel like even now as in different stages of motherhood, like as my children are in different ages, I'm like, 
wait a second, I wasn't expecting this, you know? Um, so I don't think it just happens when you first have kids. I think mm-hmm. it continues to happen when you're like, wait, I should know how to do this. And I don't. Um, but you know, I think there's something, there's a few things that are really, really important for us as moms, um, to remember in, uh, this myth. Um, first of all, it takes the pressure off when we realize uh, that not one of us has it all figured out. And I think sometimes that we believe that myth and the and we put that pressure on ourselves because we look at other moms and we think that they have it all together. And that's just, that's just not the truth. Um, we know that obviously just by looking at someone, you don't know the background and what their life is about. So first of all, that takes the pressure off, just realizing, you know what, none of us have have it all figured out. Um, secondly, just knowing that it's okay to ask for help. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really uh, hard thing for us as moms to do. Like, I think back to what I was referring to when I came across that book, The Mission of Motherhood, you know, I I could have asked for help before then. Um, and I, I believe God sent that book to me, <laughs> you know, as help. Um, but it's okay to ask each other for help and and seek out those that you feel like maybe are a little bit further down in uh, along in the journey. Um, and then I think the biggest thing is just realizing that uh, wisdom, just wisdom in life in general takes work. Um, and we have a lot of learning to do in all different areas of life. And that includes motherhood. And that's why I'm so thankful for books like the mission of motherhood or, you know, women like Sally Clarkson, who, you know, I really feel like she, her parenting and her books were a mentor to me and still continue to be. So, um, you know, I think just ultimately remembering none of us have it figured out and we just need to commit and and understand that there's a lot of learning to do. And, you know, that's, it's such a hard process to do because when we're okay with learning, Sometimes we can then go online and see all these people who appear to have definitively figured out exactly Mm. what should be done and everything that we're still kind of in process about. Mm. Um, And, you know, that that can be that can be demoralizing, Mm -hmm. you know, but to realize that really no matter how sure somebody seems about whatever it is, they're sure for them, but God has a different purpose and plan possibly for each one of us and for each one of our kids. Mm-hmm. You know, like right now I have one child in um, public school, one in private school, and one that's homeschooled. And <laughs> all of our kids are different. And, you know, it's just a matter of figuring out what is good for each one of them and learning more about each one of the kids. Yeah. And actually, I can't, I talk about that in that um, myth number nine, which is I have to do it all right mm-hmm. or my child will turn out wrong. So it's not that we um, it's not that we don't do the best that we can. Um, but really, in that in that chapter, I talk about my daughter Bella. And she, um, you know, when I remember just from when she was a toddler, for some reason, I I just didn't connect with her. Um, and I remember thinking, how am I going to get through to her? Like it just, it, well, there was no big, huge issues, but it just felt, you know, forced. And I couldn't, I never felt like I was getting through to her. And I remember, um, talking to some, uh, a mentor of mine about that. And she just looked at me and she said, well, you know, she's different than you. 
And I was like, oh, <laughs> like, hello. You know, like I had never really thought about like the way she thinks about the world is different than how I think about the world. And her personality is so different than mine that like, I might look at things as very black and white and she might not. And so all those things, their personalities really play in to how we relate with them. And just like you said, your children are in, you know, three, you know, homeschooled, private school, public school. That is a perfect example that I think, you know, first of all, we don't all parent in the same way. So when you read about somebody's story, it doesn't mean that that's exactly how your child, that's going to work exactly with your child because our children are also different. But that really helped me, I think, to, to uh, from then, then on, I really, uh, our relationship was very different, and I really tried a lot harder. And now, you know, I it's so much better. So I think that's just something definitely to keep in mind and remember that each child is different, and God has wired them differently, and God's wired them differently than you as a mom. So it's really you know, trying to figure out how, what makes them tick. Mm-hmm. It's almost exciting to me. It's like a little mystery trying to figure out, you know, cause right. I'm the same way. I thought, well, surely they're pretty much just like me and they're definitely, definitely not. And it's neat to kind of hit those aha moments of, Oh, that's what really makes you feel loved or, Oh, that's what you really enjoy doing. Yes. Um. So yeah, I, I love that. So in the process of, writing this book and in sharing about this book, you have these myths listed. Are they listed based on how they've resonated with people or just how we tend to encounter them in life? I'm just wondering if, you know, if any particular ones have been resonating with people and you feel like are pretty, I guess they're all probably pretty pervasive, but which ones have really struck a chord with the people who have um, read the book? Well, that's, that's an interesting question because uh, I feel like, everyone is so different. And one that maybe I would not really think much about has really struck a chord with somebody. Um, but I, I think probably the biggest ones are, um, depend, and I think it depends on your stage of motherhood. Um, I am just a mom. That's definitely one. And that's something that I think for a long time we've kind of heard about, at least online, you know, mom's struggling with God's, you know, God's purpose for them as a mom, you know, what, you know, is it just, I'm I'm lost in this motherhood. It's kind of what I was talking about earlier, you know, and realizing that there's actually a mission behind motherhood. Um, And then I think uh, the motherhood is a rat race. So that's, you know, we're stuck in this uh, hamster wheel. I um, refer to it as my, my children had gotten this hamster named Ginger. (laughs) And every night, like I'd be getting ready to go to sleep and Ginger would just be waking up because when I, when we got the hamster, I didn't realize that hamsters (laughs) awake all night long. (laughs) So I'd be getting ready to go to sleep every night, you know, and all of a sudden Ginger would wake up and her wheel was very squeaky (laughs) and she would get on that thing and run run all night long. And it was like, squeak, squeak. Anyways, so one night I was listening to Ginger running on her wheel. And I started to think about just my life as a mom. And I thought, oh my word, I feel like I'm trapped in this hamster wheel myself. And I'm running and running and running. Um, <clears throat> so that that's the myth that we feel like there's no other way to do it. But be, you know, you just have to go, 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 because there's just so much uh, to do and so much going on. That that myth has really resonated. Because I think if we're honest, most 
moms, I mean, we're just really busy and, and we can get trapped, uh, feeling like we're trapped in a hamster wheel. So, and then, um, I think the other one is that my child's bad choice means I'm a bad mom. Mm, that's definitely, definitely um, something that's been quite, that hit quite a chord with moms. Um, yeah, I, I think especially as our kids get older, it's mm-hmm. harder for us to disassociate their choices with our parenting. Um, but yeah, the, the motherhood is a rat race. That one really struck me too, because I think this year I wasn't super intentional about choosing to homeschool our 13-year-old. It wasn't like some great grand plan that we had for her. It was kind of more of a, hey, what do you think about this? And then she liked it. And so we kind of just went forward with it. But it helped me realize that, you know what? Eighth grade really isn't that important. Probably all of Mm. junior high isn't that important. I mean, you know, it's important educationally, Mm -hmm. whatever. But, you know, it's not like it's not like the world stopped because we pulled her out of school for a year to focus on her and to just do things differently. Like after we chat today, um, we're going to go have uh, do homeschool with some friends who are homeschooling and we're going to do it by like um, do our homeschooling stuff by a river because it's actually really warm here in Texas today. Oh, and we're going to pick it. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds amazing. It's so I'm just yeah, there's lots of snow here and that's weird. That's by that river. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to be outside. Friends are going to be fishing. We're going to be by the river. My daughter's going to be practicing her viola. Um, and so it's just to help me to realize that, you know what, it's, I don't need to just get on the little treadmill or, you know, like that little sidewalk at the airport that you just get on and then you're kind of stuck in that little moving sidewalk. Um, it, you know, it's not actually like that, even though it feels like it, you know, they go to elementary school, they go to junior high, they go to high school, they go to college, they get married, they work. It, you don't have to do it exactly like that. And I think just this small thing has helped me to realize that and it's opened up so much more possibility to me. You know, we we have friends, um, uh, Stephanie Langford and then Tish Oxenrider. They both took mm-hmm. a year off and traveled around the world with their families. That's not feasible for my family, but I love the idea that you know you can do that, and then your kids mm-hmm. are going to be just fine if they missed a year of elementary school. Yeah, um, yeah, and you know, I just I but I do think that it is so easy to get. I mean, pulled into that sidewalk, you know, it's continually moving. And so it really takes intentional, you know, it takes us being intentional to not get sucked into that. I, and so I think, you know, as moms, that's, that's probably how we fall into that trap of feeling like we're in the rat race Mm -hmm. because really we have to almost, I mean, we really have to fight against it. Um, just because there's so many things for our family to do, for our children to be involved in, for, you know, and even just as, like, I look at my life, there's so many things personally that I could do, um, but that it's just not the best time for my family right now. So even my personal life as a mom, um, not even um, speaking of my kids right now, but just my personal life, I have to look at it and say, okay, God, what is it this year that I'm going to be able to do? And for me, you know, I just, there's a lot of things I just have to say no to because that's the only way um, not to get um, trapped in that rat race. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So that kind of brings us, I feel like, to myth number four. Motherhood is all-consuming and Mm all-fulfilling. Even just saying that, it feels like a little, ooh, because... I do feel like there is, at least in some circles, this idea that, you know, if you're a mom, then that's all that you need to do. That should completely 
fulfill you. You shouldn't need to do anything else. And, and, mm. and just kind of this, this mentality that if I don't feel completely fulfilled as a mom, then there's something wrong with me. Um, so you obviously do a lot more than, um, you know, your motherhood responsibilities. So take mm-hmm. us a little bit into that. Well, you know, I think that it's just important for as moms that we realize that, you know, motherhood is a part, but it's not the whole. And so our ultimately our identity is in Christ. Mm-hmm. And something that I definitely talk about a lot is just, you know, God can call you to other things than, than motherhood. So I'm a mom and I'm definitely called to be a mother who disciples and loves and trains and, you know, her children and I'm present with them. But that doesn't mean that that's the only thing that God's going to call me to do. And so I, th- you know, you see these extremes where you, th- you say you can't do anything else. Um, I think, you know, there's something to be said for a child who sees their mom follow God's calling in their life in a healthy manner. So, you know, it's not that I'm, you know, God's called me to have these websites. I, you know, mom ministry, um, we're writing books, um, but we really, and of course we're in full-time ministry, but the, what we've always done with our children is really help them to see that God has called us all into ministry. And so as I reach out, you know, how is God going to use them in that as well? So um, I, I think that for our children to see us follow God um, in in other areas that he's called us to, I think that's a really healthy thing. And I think it can be really encouraging. It, it can encourage them in their faith. Um, so, yeah, I just it's just so important to remember that, like I said, mother motherhood is part but it's not the whole and that our identity is in Christ. Our identity is not, you know, being a mom and being a mom. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, there really are seasons too, because there's mm-hmm. probably a season of your life, just like there's a season of my life where motherhood, that was all that I needed to think about. That was all that right. I needed to focus on. And I think different people are going to have that season in different stages. Maybe it's when they're teenagers for one mom. Maybe it's when they're in elementary school for another mom. Maybe it's their whole childhood for another mm-hmm. mom. And we all have different seasons when God calls us to focus on things. And I think the whole heart of, you know, talking about these myths is that ultimately God's the one that has mm-hmm. the truth and and yes. and um, focusing on him. And I know that you have a lot of bonus materials in the book that kind of steer people's hearts towards that. Can you tell us some of these tools that you have and how we can fight these lies and turn our hearts? to the Lord. Yes. And I love that you brought that up because that is something I always try to remember to say is there are seasons. And so although I say, you know, at this time, God's calling me to do this, you know, 10 years ago, it looked very different for me. I I don't even know if I, you know, if if at that time I could be doing what I'm doing now. Um, So it's very important to always remember that God has different seasons in our life for different things. Um, And a tool that I love, I absolutely love, and I um, use it every single year. We have it in the back of the book. It's called the Yearly Personal Inventory for Moms. And it's basically a a time, uh, if you could just get away for a couple hours um, or spread it out over a couple of days um, and come back to it, it's a series of questions um, to kind of help you evaluate where you've been um, in the past year and where you're going in the year to come. And I think 
what happens when we do that is we re it's a healthy thing because we're being intentional about the the time that God has given us and what we're doing with it. And like I said, if we're not intentional with that, we tend to get trapped in that rat race. Um, and so I'm able, like when I use this, I'm able to say, look at the the previous year and say, you know what, these, these things that I was involved in, um, you know what, I think I better set them aside. They're too much. Um, and this coming year, you know what, God's really calling me in this area to do this. And so I would you know, like to be a part of that. It kind of helps you just evaluate where your life is every year. Um, Here, I'll just read a few of the questions. It starts out by just saying, how would you describe your life right now? What what would you like to change? And then um, it goes through different areas of your life, your health, your uh, spiritual life, your marriage, and um, in your motherhood. And then it just kind of evaluates the commitments and activities that you're a part of. That's one of my favorite tools to use just because it's been such a help for me in the past four years. I've been doing it for about four years. And I really, really think it's important as moms that we just take a little bit of time to evaluate where we've been and where we're going. Well, and I think it's a lot, too, about what you said about the rat race. We just kind of get going and we get in these rhythms and we're running on that little treadmill. And if we don't take the time to step off and look back, we're like, oh, wait, that's a treadmill. I'm not actually going anywhere. Let me oh, let right. me read it. <laughs> right. That's a good point. We're not like the hamster. You know, you're just going around and around. It's not taking you anywhere. That's actually a, a very good point. And so just to take the time to say, okay, what did, and, and, you know, sometimes we don't even think about that. We just do it because it's on our schedule or because we have the responsibility. We don't take the time to think, is this a blessing to my family? Is this even a blessing to me? And just taking, like you said, just a couple hours to kind of step out of your life and look back into it. Um, it can give you so much wisdom. Like they always talk about, you know, golf players, how, you know, you can't see yourself swing. And so even the best golfers in the world have swing coaches to help them adjust their swing to swing better. Those swing coaches don't necessarily play golf better, but they Mm -hmm. can just see them and see how they swing. And so as moms, for us to just take that small amount of time, really in the course of a whole year to step outside of ourselves and and look at what we're doing and how it all works together and lines up with what God's called us to and where we're at and our families. I mean, I think that can be life-changing for a a lot of moms who have never even done that before. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. So Ruth, there's moms listening right now who are probably just getting back from the grocery store or going for a run or their, their kids are napping and they're about to dive back into the fray of motherhood, changing diapers, making lunches that people probably aren't going to like all of. <laughs> and, you know, spending so much time in the car picking up kids. What's an encouragement that you would give to the mom listening right now? Well, something that I always um, try to say is that it's so important for us to remember that ultimately... Uh, it's only by God's grace that our children turn out at all. And so the pressure that we put on ourselves or, uh, you know, the standards that we hold so high, um, I think that it's important for us to remember, always, always, always remember that um, in raising our children, we use the phrase, raise your children on your knees. Mm-hmm. And and it's that picture that... Um, we are called to to do the best we can and and love our children and and teach them about God and but ultimately 
we have to remember that God is in control of their lives and we are not. And so it's only uh, by his grace that our children turn out at all. That's so good. So good. I feel like the older my kids get, the more I realize the truth of that phrase of raising our kids on our knees, because the older I get, the less I can control their Mm. environment and their circumstances. And the more I realize, oh, my goodness, really, all the time that I've spent trying to do all the different parenting things, I really just needed to be praying. Yeah. I really just need you to be getting before Jesus. So what a great way to end this interview. Ruth, where can people find you online and where can they get a copy of the book? Well, they can find uh, me online at thebettermom.com or forthefamily.org. And um, the book is actually available um, everywhere uh, that books are sold. So they can get it on Amazon or Uh, Barnes & Noble or Christian bookstores. Awesome. Ruth, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast, and um, I hope you enjoy your snowy weather. (laughs) Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Well, that's all that we have for today's episode of the Inspired to Action podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen. I know that there are a million things that you could be doing right now, and I hope that this episode has encouraged you. You know, if you have any questions or suggestions for me, just head over to inspiredtoaction.com and click the contact button to send me an email. I would love to hear from you, and I would love to do whatever I can to get the resources that you need to keep growing as a mom. And if you enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you take a minute to rate it on iTunes. That's going to help more moms to find it and get the encouragement that they need. And as always, you can check out all the show notes for this session at inspiredtoaction.com. And you can also download any of our free ebooks or our free prayer calendars for moms at the blog. Just go to inspiredtoaction.com and click on the resources link. And my name is Kat Lee, and I wish you an incredible day with your family. And remember, you're a mom. You're kind of a big deal. Now go be awesome. It's early in the morning, the house is quiet. But I've set aside this time for you. I bow before the throne of a noble king. And in this place, my heart begins to sing. It's gonna be a good day, a good day filled with His grace, His grace and sweet new mercies. May my thoughts obey Jesus to walk in His way by His Spirit with each breath that I take. It's feeling like a good day.